Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's installment of The Bama Factor with Alex Taylor. I'm your host, as always, Alex Taylor. Excited to jump into, into this episode as we preview uh, the huge SEC West um, matchup against Alabama and Texas A&M this weekend in College Station. Going to recap a little bit of the Tides' win over Mississippi State this past Saturday and just talk about some keys to the game for this upcoming Saturday as well. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Segment one, the Crimson Tide absolutely dominate in the road win in Starkville last week. Um, 40-17, to 17, they went over the Bulldogs for the 16th straight year. Uh, all the way back to 2007 when Saban got his start with the Crimson Tide. Has not lost to State yet. Jalen Milrow, a very efficient evening. 10 of 12, 164 yards. He didn't throw for any touchdowns, though, but did have the highest QBR in the SEC last week with a 96.8 QBR. He did have 11 carries for 69 yards and two touchdowns, a 53-yard touchdown coming in the first quarter, and it was the first score of the game. Also, a little tidbit on that, he accelerated to 20 miles an hour in three seconds. So, some insane speed from our quarterback. Switching over to the receiving core, Amari Nyblack, a great night. Three catches for 61 yards. Really kind of emerging as that, um, I'm not going to say wide receiver one, but he's becoming a pretty big target. And, you know, at six foot five, six six, being a tight end, but... Um, having the ability to run and move like a wide receiver, it's 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 very easy to find him open a lot. So I think he's going to be extremely extremely used uh, in the future. Switching over to the other side of, of the ball as well, Jihad Campbell again led the team tackles, 14 tackles uh, on Saturday night, uh, filling in for the injured Deontay Lawson. Great game from Jihad overall. Did have an interception as well. Um, another player to really look at from Saturday night, uh, Caleb Downs. Uh, 13 tackles. Also had an interception to go with that as well. And Alabama outgained State 357 to 261. So there's just a little bit of the recap from the game. And now we're really going to jump into our second segment. And we're going to talk about the and we're going to talk about not really the offense as much because the offense still did some great things. Uh, I was proud of, the, of how the offensive line was able to open holes. I was proud of Jace, Rordell, uh, Justice Haynes at the end of the game. Had some really good runs. Hope to see him um, hopefully get involved a little bit more as the weeks go on. Uh, super excited about what he can bring to the table. Jalen did what he was supposed to do. He made some very great throws. Uh, he took care of the ball, used his feet where he had to. But I'm going to talk about the defense. And, again, it, it just seems like each week they're trending upwards. It just seems like since the Texas loss, they've been trending upwards. They've been playing at a very good rate. They've been playing at a very high rate. And, you know, they went on the road, hostile environment, and it didn't affect them whatsoever. Um, they finished the game with three interceptions. Uh, Chris Braswell had a pick six. Uh, Jihad Campbell and then Caleb Downs also had an interception as well. So forcing three turnovers, especially in an offense like this with a quarterback like Will Rogers. You know, Will Rogers has been in that system for um, four years. And, I mean, it's a heavy throwing offense. So definitely not a guy who's a stranger to throwing the football at all. But when you look at Will Rogers, he has been accurate over his career, and he has thrown for a lot of 
um, yards. I think he's thrown for over 11,000 in his career. So, you know, you're looking at a very seasoned, experienced QB for State. Uh, and, you know, the Crimson Tide have been able, you know, the last four seasons, you know, they had three interceptions this season. They had one last year. Uh, they had three the year before. And uh, I believe in 2020 they also had two. And he's thrown a pick six and three of his four um, games against the Crimson Tide. So, again, just outstanding um, play from the secondary and from the linebackers as well. And, you know, uh, turning one of those picks into six points as well. And the front also a very great night as well. 18 quarterback hurries, uh, eight tackles for a loss, four sacks on the night. Um, just absolutely incredible with how they um, with how they continue to get pressure to the quarterback in the last few weeks. They they are really starting to really come along in terms of creating the interior pass rush. You know, from Tim Keaton, Jaheim Otis, Justin Aboyby, Tim Smith. They've just been playing very well, especially since the South Florida game. So very proud of those. Uh, on the other side, Terry on Arnold, Kool Aid McKinstry. Very, very, very good in coverage. Uh, and, you know, Malachi Moore continues to really uh, emerge as, as I think, the alpha kind of of that, of that group. Uh, he's getting guys in the right place. He's a great communicator. Super excited to see what he's going to do over the rest of the season. Uh, glad he came back for his senior year, I think, after having, you know, two seasons kind of plagued by injuries and, you know, Brian Branch kind of taking over that spot uh, for the last two years. I think he really wanted to come back and prove that, you know, he could be a first-round draft pick. He's definitely playing like one. Put on, I think, 10 or 15 pounds of muscle. So, I mean, I just have to say he's he's a, he has excelled this season so far. The only thing that I would say was the downside to the defense on Saturday night was probably the stretch run game from State. Got them a few times. And I think that's where, like, if you – I think that's where the Tide kind of saw the absence of Lawson in the middle there Um, because Lawson's kind of that guy who fills those gaps correctly. And not to say that Campbell has – that he had a bad game. He did. He had a very great game. But Lawson has been that guy that's been plugging – that's been able to plug those um, certain certain gaps, whether it's the A or the B gap – and, you know, he kind of gets everybody set in that particular instance if it's the stretch run game or if it's if it's anything like that. So that got us a couple times that State kind of drove the ball on us a bit. Uh, their two touchdown drives kind of consisted of uh, some long stretch runs. So that's something that we have to um, correct for sure going forward. But other than that, solid performance from them, hostile environment, super, super, super um, happy that they got the job done and continue to excel. So now we're going to jump into the segment three, and we're going to preview the Texas A&M game. So Texas A&M comes in at four and one in the conference, or I'm sorry, overall they are one, or I believe they're two and zero in the conference. I'm sorry, uh, just like we are, we're the only undefeated teams left uh, in the SEC West, um, and then. I'm not going to put it lightly. A&M has a good defense. They have a great, great front. Uh, it's one of the more elite fronts. It's, it's. Um, I mean, when you look at it, you know, Walter Nolan, he's a 
big presence on the defensive line. A true freshman last year, uh, you know, was the top, uh, I believe, defensive tackle in the class from 2022. Big presence on the line. Uh, Shamar Turner, great presence on the line as well. And obviously on the back end, you know, as a safety, uh, they have um, Damani Richardson back, I believe, for either his fifth or sixth year possibly. Uh, so great experience there. And just a lot of guys on that front. I mean, like they had seven sacks against Arkansas, seven sacks in the previous game. So, you know, you're looking at a front that has been very elite so far this year and, and a defense that has been very, very elite. So I'm thinking definitely the run defense is a strength for them. I mean, you know, they're giving up, you know, maybe 78, 80 yards a game rushing. And, you know, you have to – really, really, really block well as an offensive line unit to really see any success against that front for A&M. So uh, definitely going to uh, present a challenge to the Crimson Tide for sure. So I guess now really kind of diving into their offense, Connor Wigman was out for the year, uh, high ankle sprain, proved to be a little bit worse. So Max Johnson takes over at quarterback. Max Johnson did play against the Crimson Tide in 2021 when he was with LSU um, when they came into Tuscaloosa and almost won. But uh, Max Johnson, I pretty much imagine, wants to forget that evening. Uh, he was sacked six times that night uh, as the LSU quarterback, but now Texas A&M's quarterback, a very experienced quarterback, a left-handed quarterback, so very, um, very interesting to say the least, not someone that you go up against uh, quite often. So... Again, uh, but he's got some great targets to throw to. We'll start with Evan Stewart, uh, five-star receiver. Moose Muhammad, obviously. Uh, he's got Anias uh, Smith, who did not play in this game last year because he was hurt. Um, so, anyway, they've, they've got some great, great pass catchers. They have a good offensive line. Um, LaVon Moss at tailback, true freshman who was actually once committed to Alabama, uh, is also very, very, very fast, very agile. Uh, he's explosive. So um, it's going to be key uh, for the secondary to play well in this game and uh, for our safeties to play well in this game too because Evan Stewart and Muhammad and Smith all have the ability to take the top off of the defense if they want to. So, but one thing that I really think that, you know, our defense can do is that we can create turnovers. We've got to um, force Johnson into throws that he doesn't want to make. Uh, we have to keep our guys in front of us for sure. Um, I just really think that if we force Johnson into one or two mistakes and we can capitalize off of those or maybe even turn it into a pick six of our own, um, I think that's going to really bode well for us in this game uh, as well. Now switching back to the other side, the Alabama O-line has got to hold up and give Jalen time to throw in this game uh, because, like I said, A&M's front is a lead. It's probably one of the best fronts they're going to go against this season. Um, I mean, A&M has got some studs on that front. We saw it last year. You know, this is kind of a full circle moment for Jalen Milrow. I mean, he got his first collegiate start in this game a year ago, almost a year to the date. Uh, it was October the 6th last year. It's obviously going to be October the 7th. This year, so when you're really looking at how this has really come around for him, in his first start last year, did he struggle? Yes, he turned the ball over three times, and that's what people tend are. That's what people tend to harp on. 
you know, he had the two interceptions. He had the he had the uh, fumble, took a couple sacks, but he also ran for almost 100 yards. He threw three touchdowns in that game. So people don't need to so people don't need to write off his performance last year uh, because he um, he had some great moments in that game. He also had some very bad ones as well. But he knows that, and but he's grown from this year, and he and he doesn't have to change anything that he's done. He just has to play the way that he knows how to play. But it all starts up front. With the five guys on the line, it all starts with Proctor and Booker and McLaughlin and Dalcourt and J.C. Latham. It starts with those five right there. Seth has got to get the snaps up to Jalen Milrow. He's got um, – they've got to give him time. They've got to provide um, plenty of protection. They've got to keep guys off of Jalen Milrow. They've got to give him the ability to step up in the pocket and make the throws that we know Jalen is capable of making. Uh, but also, I think something else, also talking about the passing game, I think Alabama needs to take shots down the field. You've got to use Jermaine Burton. You've got to use Benson. You've got to use Bond. Uh, you've got to use Jalen Hale. I mean, Jalen Milrow has a very accurate um, has a very accurate arm when it comes to throws over 25 yards. He's shown it this entire year. He showed it in the old. He showed it against Ole Miss. He showed it against uh, Texas. He showed it against Middle Tennessee as well. So you've seen how he can throw the ball all the way down the all the way down the field. <coughs> Excuse me. And you've seen how accurate he is, and they're aggressive when they go that route. And you're, and uh, I don't know if anybody's really seen this this year, but Burton has gotten behind several, several corners and safeties this season. And that seems to be his go-to guy. And it seems Jalen Hill could be emerging as well. So, And not to say that Amari Ty Black or C.J. Dupree can't get behind the corners and the safeties as well. Because I think, you know, that's what you've got to take in this game. Because if you watch the Miami and Texas A&M game from week two, you saw for sure Miami's uh, passing offense exposed that A&M second uh, the A and M second dairy. So, just saying, you got to look. You've got to look deep here. I mean, like you've got to take shots deep. And Tommy Reese has got to learn that. I think something else that you have to do is you is you need to not only establish a run game early, but you've got to establish a physical run game. You've got to take the fight to them. You've got to wear down that front because that front will get tired. I like to kind of. I kind of like to go back to an example of 2016. Um, Alabama, you know, they had a tremendous front. Jonathan Allen, Ryan Anderson, Tim Williams, Reuben Foster, Dalvin Thompson, Deron Payne, um, you know, several guys on that front. And, you know, they get to Clemson, and on that last play of the game where Clemson scored and won the game, obviously, in the championship game, uh, that was the 97th or, like, 96th snap of the game. So the Alabama front got worn down, even though it was one of the most elite fronts and one of the most elite – and one of the most elite units that we had ever seen up until this point. So, if you keep the A&M defense on the field, you've got to wear them down. You've got to establish a physical run game, and you've got to rotate the backs. I think you need to see Jace. I think you need to see Wardell. I think you need to see Jam Miller. I think you need to see Justice Haynes. I think fans are waiting to kind of see this true freshman stud. And I'm ready to see him. I think you need to rotate these guys. I think you need to use them out of the backfield. I think you need to stretch the field. I think you need to open the field a bit and use a lot of mesh patterns. I think you need to 
um, five to seven yard outs, and then, you know, play action. Roll Jalen Milrow out. He's good when he's on his feet like that. And also, quarterback runs. Use Jalen Milrow in that way. Get some blockers out in front. Get some of the big guys out in front. So, I think that that is going to be key, but this game will come down to the trenches on each side of the ball because A&M has an elite front on the defensive side of the ball. Alabama has an elite front on that side of the ball as well. A&M, I think, has 18 sacks on the season. Alabama has 20. So two fronts that can get after the QB time after time after time this season for sure. And, you know, Alabama's had five sacks in each of the last three games, 15 total. A&M's had seven in each of the last two games, so 14 total. So you're looking at two fronts that are going to be very elite, and I think you need to prepare for a defensive war on Saturday because uh, I think these offenses are good, don't get me wrong, and they got a lot of firepower, but it's going to be which defense can get off the field and give their offense a chance to score or maybe creating – or. Uh, I'm sorry, possibly creating points of their own as well through turnovers. So, again, I think it's going to be a, an absolute slug fest when it comes to the trenches. And um, it's going to be Alabama's O-line against the A&M front. It's going to be A&M's O-line against the Alabama front. So, I'm excited to see it. So, now we're going to move to our last segment, predictions and questions. So, obviously, like I said, you got to slow down Stewart and Muhammad and Smith and the receiving core for A&M. Uh, the offensive line for Alabama has to play their best game yet. And uh, Jalen Milrow has to bounce back. He has to bounce back from last year's uh, performance. Uh, like I said, he did a lot of great things. He threw three touchdowns. He almost ran for 100 yards as well. Put us in good, he put us in good positions to win. But the three turnovers last year, getting rattled by that pressure last year. Um, but it's a year later. He's a different quarterback. He's the guy this year. And I think this is going to have a lot of motivation for Jalen. I hope he just plays um, his game and he's able to do what he can do. So uh, I'm going to answer these questions, and then we're going to get to the prediction. So I had this question asked to me. It says, any rumors on Justice Haynes transferring? Haven't heard any rumors. Uh, I don't know where you're hearing that, but haven't heard anything uh, from that point of view. So I think he's there to stay and you know Jason Rodell are both seniors this year, so I don't, I don't, I don't think he transferred all. I Man, he's been dealing with some injuries to start the season, so that's why you haven't seen him that much. Question two: Seth McLaughlin, does he need replacing, or does he just need to improve? Well, obviously he's a great blocker when it comes to after the snap. I mean, he's a great run blocker. He's a great pass blocker. He's a senior, so it, it's just he's got to just improve his. his his snaps, uh, and that's it. And, you know, they've been working after practice this week of what Saban has told that he and Jalen have been really trying to get down the snap count, and they've really been trying to get that and really kind of gel that chemistry together. So uh, hopefully snaps are not a problem going forward. And we can't afford to have snaps be a problem in this game going forward as well. And it says, do you think the offensive line continues to dominate like they did the last two weeks? And, you know, I think they do. I think it's kind of an offensive line that was kind of struggling to find the identity earlier in the season and, you know, you had a true freshman playing left tackle with Caden Proctor, and then, you know, they kind of switched him and Elijah Pritchett out the last two weeks. But Proctor played one of his better games last week. He really stepped up against Ole Miss as well. So I'm thinking he's starting to come into his own. He's starting to see what can really happen. And I think they are going to uh, hopefully uh, continue to improve. So uh, let's just keep the fingers crossed, and I'm excited to see that. And it says, 
What else does the offense need to do to improve? I think, just again, it starts up front. It starts with the O-line. The receivers have got to start creating a little more separation, which I think they're, which I think they're really starting to do. And we can't get behind the sticks on first and second down. That's the most important thing. We've got to get ahead of the sticks. I mean, we can't have these second and 12s and second and 8s and second and 9s. You know, we got to have second and 4s and second and 3s. And then if we get to third down, you know, third and 1s. Or, or preferably not even have to get to a third down. Preferably just having to use the first two downs and let's just keep getting first down after first down and then let's score. So kind of think that's what we have to improve. And then someone asked uh, thoughts on Anaya Smith's comments about uh, this game being personal to him and, and, uh, and everything else. Well, I think personally, you know, he's saying he knows what Saban wants and everything like that and how this game's personal to him. For those of y'all that don't know kind of what's going on, his brother Maurice Smith played for the Crimson Tide and uh, he uh, transferred to Georgia when Kirby Smart uh, took the head coaching job there. So, outside of that, um, I mean, uh, ter- I mean, Terry on Arnold kind of addressed it, and you know, Anais Smith is entitled to say what he wants to and have an opinion, but you know, I don't really have any thoughts on it. You know, he- he's a great player, so I don't necessarily think he needs to talk. But I mean, if you have to find motivation for that to get up for this game, then you know, your head's really not in the right place. Uh, but outside of that. And it says, how do you slow down the A&M receivers? I think, you know, just like any receiver, I mean, like you've got to jam them at the line. You've got to keep them in front of you. You've got to limit their their big plays. You've got to limit uh, the yards after the catch. You've got to tackle well in space. You've got to keep them in front of you. And you just got to be clamps all day long. And I think Terry on and Kool-Aid are prepared to do that. Uh, I think Caleb Downs and Malachi Moore and Jalen Key, um, having an experienced secondary like Alabama does this season – and I think full of elite guys who can rotate in and rotate out, I think that's very key for guys like this uh, to go up against a receiving core like this because I don't think we're going to face a better receiving core this season uh, again. Uh, So, again, uh, I think we just got to keep them in front of us, tackle well, limit the big plays and the yards after the catch. All right, so now I'm going to give my prediction. So, obviously, all week long, you know, A&M, elite front, A&M, a little bit of revenge on their mind from last season. The last time we went to College Station, we lost this game 41-38. to um, Not to mention that uh, Zach Calzada at that point had a, had the, had a career game. Um, the defense left a lot to be desired on that trip. Uh, the offense stayed up with them, but, you know, could not accomplish in the end. Lost 41-38. to Jalen Milrow struggled in this game last year as a starter. First game, he's returning home to his home state in Texas. So kind of a chip on his shoulder. Anias Smith has a chip on his shoulder. He didn't play in this game last year. It's his last hoorah against Alabama. It's in College Station. They're going to be amped up for this. I think this is a statement game in the SEC West. This is a defining game in Saban's career and in Jimbo Fisher's career as well. This is a big game. This is the biggest challenge I think Alabama really has left this season in, in terms of hostile environment in terms of how elite the defensive front is for A&M. But Alabama also has an elite front too, and I think this is the game of the preparation. And having Deontay Lawson back, I forgot to say that, um, Lawson will suit up this weekend for the Tide on that side of the ball. That's big this week. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. We have our signal caller back. But Campbell's still going to rotate. I hope Blackshear continues to as well. I'm excited about those. I think this is a close game, but I think Jalen Milrow can use his feet to get it done. 
And I think the defense gives us just enough to hold on. Uh, and I think it's going to be a defensive war. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So my prediction for this weekend is 24-21 in favor of the Crimson Tide. We get out of College Station. Uh, I hope that holds up. Uh, fingers crossed for tomorrow. Uh, we just got to come in and execute. We got to execute. We got to play Alabama football. And if we do that and stay out of our own way, we will be fine. Well, guys, we will be back here next week to recap the Texas A&M game. Hopefully it is a good, good recap. Um, and we will be previewing homecoming against the Arkansas Razorbacks. So very excited about that. Y'all have a great football Saturday. Enjoy the games this weekend. Be careful if you're traveling. Good night. and Good night and God bless and roll tide. Thank you.